want to welcome you, especially the week right after uh, Easter, and uh, that was uh, great, and this is just such a, a beautiful weekend. Uh, this weekend, uh, I don't know, were you aware that they're opening up the 520 bridge over Lake Washington? And yeah, it's pretty great on a sunny day. Uh, any of you uh, do the run uh, across the bridge? Any of you do that? Okay, not a, not a huge motivated group here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if you commute, you should, like, you can run or walk across a bridge. For some of you, that may be the fastest you ever go uh, on that bridge. I really uh, encourage you to check it out. Well, before we get into anything, uh, it's, you know, and I'm speaking to really what is probably more of a, a core crowd this weekend. By the way, want to welcome those watching Bothell, uh, Issaquah, Duval. Uh, and as, as we do a little family business and just celebrate uh, some of the goodness uh, of God, and really as that was expressed this last weekend, we had a great service uh, worshiping God, and uh, God showed up in a great way, about 100 people made first-time decisions uh, to follow Jesus Christ. And that was, uh, yeah, we can give a hand for that. And across the, the four campuses and the, the 12 services, we had about 67, or not about, 6,705 people. Uh, but who's counting? You know, <laughs> uh, and, and which is great. That's about 1,100 more than have ever come uh, on a weekend at Timberlake Church. And so that, that was great, uh, and uh, what a wonderful time. There was another holiday this week uh, that you may or may not have celebrated. Uh, any of you get pranked on April Fool's Day? No? Okay, none of you. I did. I, I got pranked. And so I did a little uh, research online. There's evidently a lot of people who have time on their hands, uh, and they were uh, describing, because I want to be prepared for next year for April Fool's Day. And here are some of the suggestions that they, they made that you can do on April Fool's Day. Uh, number one, you can switch the handles on the refrigerator to the side that it doesn't open. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty clever. Uh, number two, uh, cup some water in your hand and pretend to sneeze on the back of someone's head. Uh, yeah, I thought that was, uh, you know, that, that was uh, pretty gross and uh, pretty interesting. This one was uh, weird, I thought. Buy some underwear, write a coworker's name in them, and leave them on the front door of the office bathroom. <laughs> now... Now, I think that's funny and a little weird, too, because I don't know how many people you work with are still writing their names on their underwear. I mean, that was uh, back in junior high. Uh, this one I thought was pretty interesting as well. Uh, take a squirt gun into the restroom stall uh, next to uh, someone. Shoot little drops over the wall every couple of seconds while pretending to pee. Uh, now, I think that is just simply a good idea. That's what that is. Uh, and then this one I thought was uh, just plain old mean. Put an ad in the paper uh, for a garage sale at someone's house beginning at 6 a.m. And then finally, uh, this last one, hide food in a trash can, and when someone comes by, grab some and eat it. Yeah, so I am incredibly well-prepared uh, next year for April Fool's Day. Well, back to the, the real stuff, Easter, and Easter we think of as a big event, and it's like, okay, oh, now we're going to move on to some other stuff. 
And that's true uh, because there's much more to following Christ and learning about God than uh, what Jesus did during those few days. But during those few days, what he did really uh, changed the world and can change our world. I was talking to someone this last weekend, and they were saying they had a friend who they'd known for over 20 years, uh, came to church, and, uh, which was a surprise because this person was not a church person, had never responded, and uh, then had decided uh, to follow Jesus Christ. And, and hopefully you're here this weekend. Uh, and, I, and I was thinking, what is that person thinking at this point? They're probably thinking, hey, is, is this really true or is it too good to be true? And what's next? And that's really what I want to focus on in this series, is what does it mean to live out what we celebrated uh, this last weekend? Uh, really, it comes down to uh, living out what the Bible calls the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, the gospel simply means uh, good news, and it's good news for you and for me as we follow Jesus. Part of that good news is that we're not our past. And I'm not talking about the good part of our past where we helped a little old lady across the street, where we uh, did something honorable, but the parts of our past that we would maybe be less proud about, where we would be ashamed and we're saying, Jesus, I trust that you would forgive us, forgive me for the sin that I've committed in my past, but also that you would help me to get past that as well. We're looking uh, at the book of Colossians during the next number of weeks, and in it, I, I'm hoping for a few things. That, that one, you're going to learn a book of the Bible. Two, I'm going to spend a little time uh, teaching us sort of how to study the Bible, but also to really get that message deep down in our heart in, in a practical way to live that out as well. Uh, that, it's, that it's true, it's not too good to be true. And if there was a group of people who were wondering about their past, it was the Colossians. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter. It was uh, written around 50 AD. He was in prison, and he's writing to this group of believers who had started out really, really well. And then a bunch of things started to get in the way. And I'm going to unpack that uh, over the next uh, number of weeks. Uh, and he, he says to them, as they're, they're worried about doing enough religious stuff to be acceptable to God, he says this. He says, once you were alienated from God, and, and we're going to find out that that's no longer the case, but they were living like they still had to earn uh, God's favor. See, in, in the past, they had bought into this pagan religious system uh, where we, they would incorporate these practices, and they were starting to incorporate these practices into their Christian faith as well. And I've seen many people who will do that too. It's sort of, hey, I need Jesus, but I also need these other things just to make sure I'm okay with uh, God. One of them uh, was they practiced some occult practices. And we think of occult there, we usually think of uh, devil worship or something like that. Uh, the occult knowledge was just 
really a special knowledge that they believed only a few wise teachers would have, and they could disseminate to other people that somehow it was hidden what life was with God was about. They also worshiped angels, thinking that uh, although Jesus would make us pure in God's sight, that that wasn't good enough, that God still couldn't come in contact with us, and we needed an intermediary. Uh, they also believed in astrology. Uh, the idea is that you could uh, tell from the stars. You know, you know that too. I, I can't believe there's still horoscopes out there. And I had a personal trainer uh, once, as you can tell, I don't have one right now. The, uh, but uh, he totally into uh, astrology. In fact, I saw him again today. And first thing he says, he goes, because the first thing he did when he uh, was reading my application, he saw my birthday, he goes, yeah, you're a Libra. And then he started to make all these assumptions about me. Oh, that's why you're so, uh, you know, intense is because you're a Libra. It's like, no, it's because I gave up caffeine and I'm angry, you know. <laughs> but he, he really uh, totally buys into it, uh, which, b by the way, I, I say that uh, honestly feeling a little bit sad because do you really think life is that simple, that a date on the calendar uh, really determines everything about you? Or could it be that God determines everything about you and me? And so the Apostle Paul, is he, he's talking to this group of believers, and he's trying to get them back on track. And he says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. He's saying, just go back to that which you learned at the very beginning, uh, to what you started as and who God created you to be. And we're going to find out that they, can, they learn more and more about what that was about. And I think we do as well. See, the truth is, uh, all of us, we think of areas in our past that we need, to, we need to work through or get past. And if we don't, there's going to be consequences. So what are some of the negative ways our past can affect us today? Uh, number one is simply self-limiting behavior. That we limit ourselves based on who we used to be. Uh, I've shared before uh, the, the account about elephants and how they train elephants. They take a little elephants in, uh, and they will stake them down when they're babies. And then... Uh, they have the elephant memory, and that kicks in. And so later, when they're big and they're full-grown, they could break free from the ropes. But it's the memory of being held back that keeps them held back, not the actuality, not the reality. We know uh, that memories from our childhood, mistakes we've made, that those can limit us in a way that really it's not true of us anymore. There's also self-destructive tendencies. Uh, and this is actual habits, uh, modes of behavior uh, that we would want to uh, get rid of, where we, we feel like uh, we can't change or that we're stuck. 
I, I saw a funny example of this uh, the other day. I was at the Sammamish Cafe, a place I often go for breakfast. Uh, I meet people there a couple times a week. And so the servers, uh, they know me there uh, pretty well. In fact, over the last years, they, they've known me from, you know, going in, getting all the fixins, and where what I just order a, a normal meal. And then I went to pretty much the meat lover's omelet, and then to egg whites and spinach. Uh, yeah, which is about as fun as it sounds. And so uh, they also have seen me uh, you know, would go from caffeine to no caffeine. Well, you, well recently, uh, I went back on caffeine. And in fact, I was at the Sammamish Cafe when I decided to go back on caffeine. So I, I'm there, and I'm sitting with some people, and uh, the server who knew me uh, said, uh, decaf, right? And I said, no, no, actually, no. I'm going to get a diet soda. And uh, she goes, no, you worked too hard. Decaf, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not kidding. This is a real conversation. And I said, no, I want a soda. Literally, she looks at me and she says, I'll bring you your decaf. <laughs> and she did. She helped me for one more day, not go, <laughs> not go caffeinated. Well, if she could just live in my house, then I wouldn't go back to some of my self-destructive behaviors. Uh, and for us, we find ourselves reverting to that. Also, fatalistic attitudes, the idea, hey, I can't ever move uh, beyond where I'm at. We have sort of that inner Eeyore in our head. And this can lead to a distorted reality. Now, here's the problem, is that we can't often see our own distorted reality. Uh, we need someone to see that for us in our life. Um, and so that, that is something we need people in our lives who can call that out. We're going to go into growth group season here pretty soon. In fact, we're looking for a, a few new group hosts. We have a lot of them. Uh, and during that season, we, we get in community together, and in that, uh, people can help us. In fact, even here at church, one of the staff people at church uh, said to me, hey, Ben, you're, you're not your, yourself. You don't seem like you, you've been yourself lately. You seem uh, a little grumpy and uh, out of it and all of that. And so uh, I, I just said, hey, there's no excuse for that. You're right. I'm been grumpy. Uh, I let myself uh, get tired and run down. And that took a lot of courage for that staff person to call me out. I mean, they don't work here anymore, but it, <laughs> no, it's not true. I couldn't, I couldn't fire my wife. The, uh, uh, so, <laughs> but but, but we, we have this uh, distorted reality, and you're not going to be able to see it. See, that, that's one of the reasons why we study the Scripture, because it's a light to us in our life, and it helps us to change. Well, what does new look like? That's really what we're, we're looking at. In Colossians 1, 3 uh, through 5, we start to see with this, what this new looked like. We read, uh, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all of God's people. And he's saying that faith that you had is still there. 
And really, what you need to do is to rekindle that because that's what brings about transformation. See, there's two transformations that change us, uh, and they change us in this way, in how we see God and how we see ourselves. The problem is, is that we uh, can change back as well. I got a call uh, this last week, and it was right after Easter. It was from someone who I hadn't heard from uh, for a long time. Uh, he, he went to the church that I pastored down in San Diego, uh, someone who had come to know Jesus Christ. For him, it was a pretty big deal. He uh, comes from an Arab family. In fact, his uh, dad is pretty high up in uh, the Palestinian Authority and uh, one of their highest representa- uh, representatives, and he came to know Jesus Christ. And so really sort of converting to Christianity, that became a super big uh, deal. And even at the Islamic School of San Diego, where he'd gone to, it was sort of like, what in the world has happened to him? Well, he was totally uh, on fire, wanted to follow Jesus, lost track of him. And and as he went to college, uh, he described what happened. He said, intellectually, I started to move away from Jesus. He went to D.C., became uh, worked for the Chamber of Commerce, and, and then later in the Obama administration, uh, sort of as a young guy, just moving up really fast. And he said, I feel like I've lost myself along the way. And I want to I get, get back. And maybe you might find yourself sort of at that same point. Maybe that's why on this sunny weekend, you're back in church because God met you over the last days or weeks or months. And you know that there's a choice to make. Either you live out that new reality or you sort of say, hey, it was just something in my mind and it really didn't uh, matter much. So I talked to my, to my friend and I told him, hey, that's, this is really one of those moments One of those moments where when God is working in your heart, you're going to either go all in or you're going to shrink back and think it was, you know, maybe just too good to be true. And he said, you know, hey, I know it wasn't too good to be true. In fact, he talked about it was one of the truest things uh, in his life. And and he, it was really interesting, he said, "I, I used to lead people by the power of my example, and now all people see is the example of my power. And I really don't want that to be true of me anymore. Well, we don't have to let that be true of us because of who lives inside of us if we've said yes to Jesus. If you're here and say, hey, I haven't made that commitment yet, no, that can be true of you. Here's what we read in Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It said, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things. And that includes you and me. And so we can live differently because of what Christ did for you and for me. We read 
uh, in Colossians uh, 1, 9 through 10. It says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Well, how do we do that? Well, we, we change the attitude of our heart by positioning ourselves in such a way where we say, I am this way because of who God is in me. And then he goes on to, to describe that. And I think we can draw some uh, conclusions for ourselves. The first one would be, I am thankful. Uh, that the gift that's been given to me in Jesus Christ. It says, giving joyful thanks to the Father. When we live in gratitude, it changes us from the inside out. And why are we, why are we grateful? Leads to number two, because I'm rescued. Uh, sometimes we can uh, feel that we're hoping for this to happen, and that was what was happening with the Colossians. They were thinking, well, I, need, what, I know that Jesus rescued me, but was that real? And he says, yeah, that's real. And he describes this in, the, in this cosmic battle kind of way. He says, uh, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. I know that uh, we can get offended sometimes by the the notion that we need to be rescued. Uh, we're like, oh no, I'm a self-made woman or I'm a self-made man. But when we allow God to do that, the rescuing, you know what that produces? Peace. I've talked to so many people and they're saying, you know, I'm just working so hard and I'm striving. And you know, when it comes to a job and a family, it's good to work. But when it comes to your faith, we're in a position where the thing that we can do is to receive. Well, an, a third reality in this is that I'm qualified. And this is, gets to how I live out my faith. We, we see what we're qualified for in Colossians 1.12. And it says, Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of God? of light, that I'm, I get part of the inheritance. Uh, I inherit from God, yes, salvation, yes, grace, but also an assignment uh, to serve him. If you're a Christ follower, the Bible says that you've been given uh, a unique ability or spiritual gift uh, to serve him. And some of us think, well, you know, I'm not, you know, and that's not me. I'm not one of those super religious people. Well, look at what it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 22. It, it actually, this is not in your outline. It is in the Bible. It says uh, this about spiritual gifts. On the contrary, we cannot do without the parts of the body that seem to be weaker. See, sometimes we look at ourselves and we think, oh, I'm too young or I'm too old. Uh, they don't need me. My gift doesn't matter. Uh, the Bible says that every part, every part matters. See, if you're a Christ follower, you have a role to play. And one of the ways you get past sort of the past is by living in 
your future. And I have people ask me, they go, well, how do I know if God's, you know, what, is he, what God's given me a gift to do or an assignment to do? Uh, pretty simple. One, try some stuff out. You'll figure out what you're uniquely designed to do. And maybe uh, you would say, hey, I'm going to uh, be a greeter. And then you realize, you know what? I'm a germaphobe. I don't like to touch other people's hands, you know? And uh, you probably, ha- God hasn't designed you uh, to be a greeter or uh, whatever it is. And then also ask someone else, where do you see my gifts and my passions meeting? And when you see that, uh, you see that thing that you're uniquely called by God to do. See, I think that every Christ follower uh, is meant to live out their gifts uh, inside the church and outside of the church. Let's say you say, you know, I have a real good gift of encouragement, and so uh, I'm going I'm to do that. Well, that's not just for inside the church family. That's for at work. And that's for at home as well. And then number four, I'm accepted. This is the message of Jesus. This is the message of the book of Colossians. This is the message of Easter. That we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That I'm accepted because of what Jesus has done for me. When you think about that, you're thinking, okay, that's good. Good reminder, Ben. Post-Easter, I need to get my head sort of back in the game. But that's not just for the sins from last week. That's for past, present, and future. That Jesus is enough. The Colossians, we're going to learn a little bit later, is that they had started living out this religion of Jesus and. Where Paul says, it's really Jesus. And whenever you add your own religion, your own efforts, you take away from that beautiful thing that he's done for us. Leonardo da Vinci, as he uh, painted uh, The Last Supper, one of his most famous uh, paintings, uh, you look at that. It's uh, incredible. It has been uh, restored over the years. I was reading, uh, reading about that, and uh, in, the, in the original painting, there was a chalice. And uh, that chalice was uh, really beautiful. In fact, uh, Leonardo asked someone about that, uh, in, about the painting, and he said, uh, oh, that chalice is the most beautiful thing in the painting. And he didn't want anything to get the focus off Jesus. And so literally what he did is he painted over the chalice. And in fact, if you look at uh, that painting over the years, uh, as it's been restored and they've taken off some of the, the old paint that people had used over the years to, to try to restore it, you can see a shadow uh, of that cut. And instead, what he replaced it with was an open hand. And 
the open hand is meant to be an invitation uh, that for everyone, come to me. Come to me and you will find peace and rest. And so as we kick off this series, I think it would be appropriate that we would celebrate communion together, that we remember where our faith begins and ends, and is that at the cross of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. And so we're going to receive uh, communion together, but before we do that, will you pray with me?